Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. We're joining once again in God's Word in Isaiah. Turn once again for the last time to Isaiah, or at least in this series for the last time. Isaiah chapter 9. The last couple of weeks we've been looking at uh, uh, a series of, of sermons on the names of God here in Isaiah chapter 9. And I, when we lived out in Texas, uh, we went to a church that was rather big. Uh, it was an average-sized church for the state of Texas, but for us around here, it would be big. Uh, of course, when you've got several million people living in one little area, it's natural to see churches bigger than, than it would be in a rural environment uh, like this is, but... Uh, the church that we attended to was named Lake Arlington Baptist Church. They're still there uh, uh, serving the Lord, and, and they've grown considerably since we've uh, left Texas. And, and uh, while I was a seminary student, uh, we attended there, and, and they were right down the street from where we lived. Uh, it was a really nice church, and uh, the, uh, the pastor that was there uh, was unique in that he had the ability he had the uh the talent and i say that because i don't have this and uh but he had the ability to if he met you one time and uh he saw you somewhere else or some other time he would remember your name and he would he would call you by name and and uh we uh we would bring some of our friends from seminary or from other places, uh, from work or whatever, uh, to visit church. And, and uh, uh, it was uh, kind of a little trick that we would play on them. We would uh, introduce them to uh, uh, our pastor there. And then later on, if we would see him out and about, uh, it was a joy and a delight to to kind of usher them a little bit forward so that they'd get the thrill of that, of having somebody they met one time just for a brief moment to, to come up to them and remember their name. And, it, and I, let me tell you, it's a, it's, a, it's a wonderful gift to have. I wish I had it. I don't have this gift of being able to recall somebody's name after just meeting them for just a moment. But... Uh, uh, but uh, our pastor there at Lake Arlington could do that. He he would simply uh, come up to you and he'd call you by your first name. Hey, hey, Carl, how you doing? And and just uh, begin to tell you some things that he remembered about. Uh, he, even if it was just a brief, uh, less than a minute, he could remember uh, things that he would talk to you about. And it, it just kind of warms your heart to, to, to meet someone that would remember your name because uh, it conveys to you a sense of importance. You're important because I can remember your name. You're important to me because I remember our conversation. You're important to me uh, because of, of that. And here's a man that, that 
a pastor church of several thousand people, and there would be on a regular basis people visiting that church, uh, and he would meet quite a few people, but he would always remember their name. And, and listen, I couldn't remember all those names even after being at that church for a long time. I still couldn't remember everybody's name, uh, but he had that, uh, that gift and that talent. And there, it says a lot about... Uh, your experience with that individual to meet someone that remembers you by your first name. Names are important. Names are significant because, uh, like I said, it is all about who you are as a person. Now, we've seen uh, uh, this uh, aspect of who Jesus Christ is by looking at uh, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. And uh, let's read that again to refresh your memory or to introduce it to you if you haven't been here. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 is a a very familiar verse for a lot of us, uh, but particularly at Christmas time it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Almighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. And so uh, we've, we've seen uh, how Jesus Christ is a wonderful counselor to us. Uh, we've seen how uh, 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 He is just wonderful. And, and we understand that uh, we have a first name basis with the Creator. Uh, look, it, it's one thing to, to know somebody uh, like a pastor who pastors a, a church of several thousand and knows you by name and can come up to you and talk to you. It's kind of like uh, if you were to uh, have a pastor in a church that uh, is on television and uh, thousands and thousands of people see, uh, see that pastor every week and, and know him and have kind of a, uh, a personal relationship to him and then uh, but you come up to him and you uh, talk to him and he remembers your name by uh, and calls you by your first name and knows who you are uh, that that's kind of a special feeling that's kind of a, a tingly feeling well, well uh, this is uh, God conveying to us through his uh, servant Isaiah the prophet that uh, Jesus Christ knows you by your name. He know, he is on a first name basis with you. Not only uh, do you does he know your name, but he is so close to you that that you know him by his name. And we've talked about the importance of that and and how significant it is. And today I, I want to remind you. Uh, here's Isaiah, and he's sharing with the people of Israel that uh, basically that God has not forgotten them. You, this is uh, again, this is uh, about 2,700 years ago, and Israel has been in exile. They have been overthrown by the Assyrians, and they've been uh, through a, a tremendous, uh, difficult time. And God is giving them hope. Uh, the message here is hope. And I want you to uh, leave here today with a message of hope that God knows your name and that God knows you intimately and personally. And you can know Him by His name. And, and you can understand 
the hope that, that came to these people. Now, we don't live like, like we were discussing in Sunday school this morning. We uh, did a Sunday school lesson on Isaiah 40 and, and talked about how the, uh, the, the desperation that the people of Israel were under. Uh, the Assyrians had come in and, and taken them off and, and uh, uh, just taken over their country and they, uh, their, their nation wasn't their own. We, we don't live in a, an environment like that. You, you and I have the freedom to go uh, wherever we want to within our country. We, we can uh, go and uh, if, if we choose to eat uh, at a restaurant or if we choose to uh, go and pick up a, a, a pack of crackers and, and a pack of nuts for lunch, it's our choice. If we have, uh, I can get in my car this afternoon. Well, not my car because it wouldn't make it, but you can get in a car and you can travel all the way down to the uh, furthest tip of, of uh, the United States down in, in South Florida. You can go all the way down to the Florida Keys and you can see the majestic uh, view of, of the sun setting there over the ocean and you can see uh, how that wonderful, beautiful orb of the sun will go down into the ocean and it looks like the sun is, is being put out and stuffed out by the waters uh, as it goes over the horizon. Or you can go all the way to the furthest point of uh, our nation up uh, the continental United States, you can go all the way up to, uh, to the state of Washington and you can go to the furthest extent of, the, of the, uh, our nation up there and you can see the sun rise over the horizon, see the beautiful uh, uh, grandeur of God's creation there in the uh, beautiful redwood forest and, and you can just see all of that. Uh, and we have that freedom, but when you live in a, a totalitarian, when you live in a country where somebody else controls your movements and controls your, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. When you live in a country like that, you don't have that freedom. You don't. You can't go where you want to go. You can't do the things you want to do. You can't see uh, those kind of things because you don't live with that freedom. And the Israelites were living in that circumstance. They didn't have that. That freedom. Uh, they didn't have that ability to just do whatever they wanted. Uh, uh, more importantly, they didn't have the freedom to worship God the way they chose. They didn't have the freedom to uh, to work for themselves and to work to improve their own family life. And they were uh, going through a period of time where they it didn't look as though they would ever have that freedom. They would ever have that uh, joy once again. And there were many who would uh, like uh, look back to the days in which God was the uh, was the leader of their country, and when they had looked back to the time in which God had given them a king that would get uh, that had that uh, ability to go out and defend their country, and the king that would go out and defeat the enemies. And they constantly were looking back to King David, and they were constantly looking back to him and saying, uh, "Wasn't it great when we were?" Uh, uh, we had a king that was ruler over our nation and, and he had a uh, desire to, to lead us in the way in which we would follow after God. Wasn't it wonderful that, that we had a, a king that, uh, that uh, looked after our interests rather than the interests of other people? Uh, wasn't it wonderful to have a king like King Solomon that, uh, that uh, caused our nation to be so prosperous that gold was, uh, was not all that special, that the silver was rarely used uh, because it was like... Uh, you know... Uh, 
it, it, when you go to uh, Walmart or Walgreens or somewhere and you get out of your car and you walk through the parking lot and you see a penny on the ground, I was taught to stop for a minute and pick up that penny because it was real money. It was money that, that you add up enough pennies, you can get something. Anymore, uh, young people, they don't. that's a penny, who cares? It's just a penny. Uh, it's barely worth uh, stopping a minute to pick up. That's how silver got to be. Silver was so plenty, it, it, it was just hardly worth anything anymore at that time during Solomon's reign that, that nobody ever even bothered with it. Silver was just uh was was just rubbish. Uh they uh gold was a little bit, uh not a whole lot more profitable because they just had so much of it. They had so much silver, so much gold that it, it wasn't as uh, valuable anymore. And here they are where they can barely feed themselves. Here they are in a time when uh they're ruled by another another nation and they would they would just uh uh, look back and say how wonderful it was. And so God comes to them and He says, I haven't forgotten you. I know who you are. That, remember, that was the, the, uh, the message that we started out with. God knows who we are. Even in the midst of our greatest troubles, in the midst of our greatest uh, worries and difficulties, He knows who we are. Not only does He know us, He can lead us in our pathways. He's the wonderful counselor. He counsels us and leads us in the right direction. Today we see in another, uh, the last aspect of who uh, God is, and that is the, He is the eternal Father, everlasting Father. Now, uh, if you look at this in the original language and you go back to the Hebrew and, and look at it, 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 it puts it a little bit differently. He is the forever ever father and uh, the father of peace that's a that's a very comforting thought for these uh, Israelites they had been uh, living in a time when they had no peace and here they're being told that the one who is the author of peace the one who is uh, the uh, the uh, a ruler over uh, to bring great peace into their life is coming. Now it'd be another seven hundred years before Jesus was born in Bethlehem, and it, uh, all the Israelites that lived during that time uh, would not be alive during the time in which Jesus was born. And it'd be much longer after that before Israel had, would would experience real peace in their life. But uh, uh, that was the beginning of uh, of the hope that was to come. And God wanted to let them know not only did He not forget them and that He loved them, not only that He could give them great counsel, but He was giving them hope. A hope of a day in which peace would be uh, something that would be a part of their life. And in our lives today, there's a lot of people that, that are going through so much uncertainty. And, and that's what uh, peace speaks to, isn't it? Peace speaks to a time in which uh, we're undergoing such 
turmoil, so much uh, upheaval in our life. And, and though we're not in the midst of a, a day-to-day war in which we see uh, hear bullets fly uh, past our, our uh, ears and we don't have soldiers marching through our nation uh, that belong to another nation, uh, we do understand the value of peace, don't we? I mean, we uh, all of us know uh, the, the struggles of living in a, a nation that's in the midst of a, a very hot war. And my mother tells uh, me stories about when she was a little girl in which she would have nightmares of, of uh, Hitler chasing her because she was so afraid of what was going on during uh, that uh, terrible time of American history in which all the world was at war. And, and it, it's... it's uh, something that can be very traumatic for people to to go through and to live through and and uh, perhaps many of you uh, remember those days or or uh, know about uh, that from from other family members of of just the uncertainty of not knowing uh, are we going to to be able to prevail are we going to have our lives completely turned upside down. Israel understood and knew that their lives worked upside down, that they uh, would not have those freedoms in their life, but God is, is coming to them and telling them, look, not only am I God and that I remember you, but I am an eternal God, a forever God. Don't forget the fact that uh, that God is eternal and forever. So many of us put God in such a small box and we uh, limit the ability that God has. God has no limits. And yet we don't expect, well, God doesn't care about me. You hear people talk about that. God doesn't care about me. He doesn't care about the situation I'm in. And we, we limit God. We put God in a box because we, we, we don't feel like we need to worry God. God doesn't need to be worried with, with my insignificant problems. God is trying to help us to understand that there isn't anything insignificant in your life. There's nothing so small or minute in your life that He doesn't care about. There's nothing in your life that that God isn't aware of and desire to, to help you through. He is the eternal God and you don't need to forget about the fact that He is, is always there. He's always uh, uh, able to help you through that situation. He is wonderful. He is a counselor. He is uh, the everlasting Father, the mighty God. He's able to overcome the, the struggles and the difficulties and the, and the painful situation that you're enduring in your life. And He's able to help you through that circumstance. And it's not a temporary thing. Israel understood the temporal uh, uh, aspect of the fact that, that life is not always as we'd hope it to be. Remember, these are people who remember a time in which Israel was uh, going through a great time of peace. They remembered the lifetime and they the reason people sang songs about David and Solomon were because of the fact that life was so wonderful then. Life was was as it should have been and they they were proud of being Israelites. And many of them thought that that would last forever. But then uh, they lost their way. They, they had... Uh, uh, kings that led them away from the worship of God and they uh, began to, to fall further and further away from God and they uh, 
went through a period of time in which God was bringing judgment upon them to try and bring them back. And, and they continued to, to seesaw back and forth from living the way they should live and, and uh, then falling away from God. And God said, finally, that's enough. And so he allowed the Assyrians to come in. He allowed the Persians to come in and to overthrow the Israelites. And so they understood the, that things were not always permanent. And what God was trying to help them to understand is, is that not only is the good times not permanent, but the, the bad times aren't either. Your bad times that you're going through, they're not going to last forever. The difficulties that you're suffering through, the, the hardship that you're enduring, the, the time of, of pain in your life because of, of, of difficulties in your life, it's not forever. But God is forever. God is there to help you through. God is there to, to see you through the, the struggle that you're enduring. God is there to, to ensure that you, uh, your safety and, and He's there to, to lift you up. And He is eternal. And God will lift you up. God will bring you through. And He's, he's telling and He's forecasting of a day in which this root of David, this, this child is coming. He says, uh, For unto you a child is born. Now how much hope can you have in a child? Many of them probably thought, well, we need not a child. We need a, a strong leader. We need a strong king that can come in here and, and take over and, and, and get rid of all of our enemies. We don't need a child. But God is saying, look, I'm sending someone who is coming to bring hope. And He's coming as a child. He's coming to, to, uh, to give you that hope. A child is born, a son is given, and he says the government will be on his shoulders. He's coming to, to reestablish the order that God desires for His people. He's coming to reorder your life. And that, that reorder of your life is not something that will be temporal. He's saying uh, He's going to be the wonderful creator God that will come in and reorder your life. Jesus Christ is offering that for us today. You know, we're, uh, as I said about, uh, uh, we're 2,700 years away, uh, 2,700 years away from this. So it, we have the advantage of looking back and seeing what happened after Israel was in this situation and seeing that God did eventually come and bring them the hope that, that, uh, that He was promising. But now we live in a, a day and an age where we feel as though there is no more hope. There's people in our world today that, that simply say, well, God's not there anymore. God doesn't care about me. God doesn't care about my situation and God's trying to give us a, a knock on the door and say, hey, I'm still here. I'm the eternal Father. I still care about you. I care about your situation. I care about your life and, and I desire to have that personal relationship with you. I desire to have not only that personal relationship with you, but I, I, I seek to be the counselor that you need in your life. I seek to be the eternal Father 
I want to give you this hope and this joy that can be a part of your life, this peace that can come into your life. And for it not to just simply be something that is temporal, something that will be here today and gone tomorrow. God desires to give you peace that is everlasting. A forever father. I remember as a child uh, growing up that uh, I can remember uh, being young and I can think back to the earliest days of my life in which uh, we'd, I'd go on errands with my father. I was his legs because my dad uh, was handicapped and had polio and he couldn't get in and out of the car fast. He couldn't get into buildings easily. He had to call ahead a lot of times and find what kind of, uh, of circumstance the layout the building was in to determine whether or not he'd even try and get inside of a building. My dad tells me stories about uh, life before things were so uh, designed for people with handicaps. He, he said he'd go into a building and he would go and, and the elevator would be in some distant corner instead of prominently located in the building. He'd push the button for the elevator and before he could even get on the elevator, the doors would be closing on him and, and he'd sometimes be knocked over because of the fact that he couldn't get in the elevator in time, that he'd go into buildings and the floor would be as slick as glass and he'd have to worry about whether or not he'd fall. And It didn't matter if it was wet or if it was... Uh, uh, he said sometimes he'd get a, a pebble in his crutch and he'd be trying to walk in and that pebble would cause him to slip and fall. And he said it, it was all... Uh, my dad was always looking for the hazards, always looking for the problems. But one thing I can remember most about, about those trips was that, I, you know, we lived in a day and age where you didn't have to worry about seat belts. You know, we you can't move a car today without everybody in the car being in, in seat belt. Now, I can remember uh, being in the car. You remember cars had those, like, sofa seats in the in the in the front seat and you could sit on and get in the seat and you'd slide all the way across and you'd sit right next to somebody i remember i'd i'd get in there in between my mom and dad or, or if my mom wasn't there i'd slip up there beside my dad and he'd put his arm around me and and we, and my dad would drive with one hand and and we'd go places sometimes he'd let me put my hand on the steering wheel and make me believe that I was helping to steer the car and everything. And, but I remember uh, being able to look up at my dad while he had his arm around me, and that, that was the, some of the most peaceful moments of my young life. I, I can remember thinking, you know, there's nothing that can bother me because my dad's got his arm around me. There's nothing that I have to worry about because he's there protecting me. He's there to got, have His arm around me. And for every once in a while, I'll get a whiff of some kind of smell or, or see something that will remind me of the, that peaceful feeling. And God's trying to help us to understand that He's always there. He's the forever Father. Amen. Now, our, our Bible says the uh, eternal fa uh, Father, but He's the forever Father. He's got, a, he's got us in His embrace and He's always there to give us that peaceful feeling. He's always there to, to give us that, that sense of security. That, hope, that is hope, isn't it? 
that hope of even in the midst of all the things that are happening, in the midst of all the bad things that are going on, and in the midst of all the struggles that we face, He has us in His embrace. And we're always safe. The Prince of Peace goes right along with that because He brings us that peace. He brings us that not only a hope of things to come, but the peace that we so urgently desire. Perhaps in your life you've got things and your life is in a turmoil because things are different than they were just a few short weeks ago or for a few months ago. Life isn't the way you thought it was going to be forever. And you long for those days in which life is peaceful once again. You're looking for hope. God is there to give you that hope. God is there to, to help you to understand that Jesus Christ is that hope of eternal peace. The peace that, that you're longing for. The peace that you just are missing in your life. There's so many people that are searching, searching for that peace. They look for it at the bottom of a bottle. They look for it in, in some kind of uh, chemical uh, composition, a pill that they can take, a, a drug that they can ingest. A lot of people are looking for that peace just simply by trying to find it and manufacturing it and by being busy and doing things, going out to the races or going to fish or hunt or whatever. They're constantly looking for that time of peace in their life that they so urgently desire. And the problem is, is that the buzz goes away, the high goes away, the peace gets interrupted with life. And they no longer have that peace that they've been searching for. And Jesus Christ is here today to tell you that you can have that peace. And that peace can be eternal. That peace that comes with knowing Jesus Christ in your life. Let's bow in prayer. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray for that person here today that's searching for peace, that person here today that's looking for hope. Lord, I pray for those who are in search of a lasting peace. Lord, I just pray that they would experience the peace that comes from You, the peace that comes with a relationship with Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that they would know You and know You in a personal way. And they would find that peace that they so urgently desire. Lord, I pray that You'll help us to be a light that shines in a darkened world of people that are searching for that peace. Lord, that we would share it with others and share it with this world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.